a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Let's lock in. This is Unrivaled. Yes! Yes! The teams you live for, the sports you love. With Scott Mitchell and Alex Keurig, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. Hey, everybody, welcome on in. It's Unrivaled 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. Alex Keurig, Scott Mitchell. Oh, my goodness, we got to just hit the freaking ground running. Yeah, here, it's going to be a short show today. Short show. Short show. We're wearing shorts. Yep. It's a short show. Short show. Uh, one hour program, less than now. We're get you. We're getting you into uh, jazz basketball at five o'clock. It's going to be a excuse me four o'clock uh, pregame, five o'clock tip off right here on the Jazz Radio Network, uh, and you'll hear that coming up in just a little while. So we have to. It's basically our whole show is a two minute drill. We're just jamming everything in here quick, and we're going to do a ton of stuff. And you know what? It's a massive day because we have to get into so many dang things. And a lot of it is, a lot of it has just massive consequences, too, because um, this is a wild thing that's going on right now in the West. And I don't know if it's a situation where sources are trying to, you know, trying to smoke out the, 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 the competition, you know, it, but the rumor mill is churning and it's so intense with college football right now and the Big 12 and the Pac-12. It's uh, pretty close on the verge to being really nasty, I think. And that's where we're going to start things off here with a little bit of nasty with the cut. The unquestioned, undeniable, unrivaled, top sports story of the hour. Here's what made the cut. The cut, as always, brought to you by the folks at G2G Bar. All natural ingredients, no preservatives, the uh, G2G bar, plenty of protein, and uh, they just taste fantastic. That's what you want, right? You have a, and I don't know, maybe they don't want you to use it like this, but I've been using it as like a meal replacement. Boom. I think they're happy uh, having you use it however you see fit. I'll use it how I want. See if you're fit, fit, you you use this. Listen, don't don't try to tell me how to use my G2G bar. I use it how I want. They're so freaking good. They are good. I would just tell you, love them. Super fresh. That's why they're in the refrigerator section at Costco, uh, Maverick, Holiday Oil, etc. Give them a shot. Um, and Trajan Wealth, lo- local trusted financial fiduciaries. You've heard Scott talking about it. 801-899-7600 or their website, TrajanWealth.com. Okay, let's jump right in here, Scott, because the Big 12 is 
starting to feel like it's big. They're starting to act like they're big. And you know what? They're putting their elbows out. And Brett Yormark has continued to kind of uh, reach out there and see what what's available for them to be able to, you know, uh, expand the conference. They're always looking. And if you're a conference commissioner now, you better be looking. I don't care. You better consider everything. I, I think that's the attitude you have to have. It's certainly the attitude that uh, Brett Yormark has right now. And a Dennis Dodd story that came out on CBS that is uh, turning quite a few heads today is the Big 12 is reportedly, and those reports are getting more and more momentum, are looking at these four corner schools or some iteration of the four corner schools. This is according to um, a, this is according to reports. It says uh, that the Big 12 is indeed looking at some combination of the four corner schools, if not all of them, your Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, and to try to add to what they have. So an actual, this is like attributed to Bill Self, the head basketball coach at at Kansas. And in the Big 12, there's probably not a bigger program, certainly in basketball, that's that's going to be able to have this type of influence. And he says, there's an actual quote, to me that's the one we have to get, talking about Arizona. And uh, I always thought that the Arizona schools, Colorado, Utah, Air, uh, Colorado, Utah, and the Arizona schools are a natural fit for us. That's what Kansas State's coach, uh, coach Jerome Tang said. Who doesn't want to visit Arizona? So now this stuff starts to pop up. And then another report, I know this is long-winded here, Scott, but an- another report says that the Pac-12 is even on the verge of being in total destruction mode, maybe in the next few months. So here, here's the thing. If recent history has taught us anything, it's this. There's no such thing as loyalty with any of these schools. You, so you mentioned commissioners out there talking. They're talking because someone's listening to them. They have to be. And you'd be foolish if you're any one of the schools in the Pac-12 to think that you're going to leave your future in the hands of someone else. I don't think anybody trusts anyone else. I, I don't think I think everyone was blind so blindsided by UCLA and USC. I don't think because there were it made no sense for those schools to go to the SEC or to the Big Ten. I don't think I don't think anybody saw that coming. And, and, and of course, they've never considered the Big Twelve, but they did. They considered it. Someone talked to them. Somebody got in their ear, and they flipped them. Now. I think it only takes someone just saying something to one of these schools. I mean, you don't you don't have to get all four of those school, the four corner schools. You just got to get one. You have to get one. And 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 I'm and I you know the the school that I think is fascinating to me is Colorado. Colorado was a dead program, was a dead school, and all of a sudden here comes Deion Sanders, and Deion Sanders has now made it like super sexy to be in Colorado, and and he's making serious inroads. I mean, I mean, he, you know, Dion is flashy, but there's substance behind the flash. There's a real person, a real thing. He's not at all, right? And so, uh, if you get Colorado or like Bill Self, if you get Arizona, if you get Arizona to go, any one of these schools, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, all of a sudden it's like. Katie bar the door. Here goes. I mean, the floodgates will open. There's no way the Pac-12. There's no way the Pac-12 stays in existence if it has nine schools. There's no way. And then all of a sudden, you just go. As as he said, it makes perfect sense to have those four schools 
and BYU. I think you got to remember BYU. That that that's very appealing. And I know BYU fans and maybe you, some Utah fans, they don't want it, but they really do want it. You, you're not on an island anymore when you're BYU in the Big 12. No, no, and, no. And there's a, there's, a, there's a tremendous, I mean, this kind of inner mountain area of the Big 12, it, it becomes very appealing. It really does. Now, maybe it's not this grand scheme of college football look, but you have a significant amount of clout, and I'm just talking about football. Because Arizona's on the rise in football. Colorado's on the rise in football. If Arizona gets one competent person in there, they, they usually do very they, – they're usually And very who, who knows what Kenny Dillingham does at Arizona sure. State. And, of course – and then BYU, you know, it could be a team on the rise in the Big 12. You could really have a western end of the Big 12 if that was the case. I've always liked that. I've always liked those four-corner schools uh, in the Big 12. I, I totally agree with this. I can totally see – that fit fitting well into the Big Twelve as easily as it fits into the Big uh, the Pac twelve. I, I well, here's I'm the, convinced though. I'm seriously it? convinced, Alex. I don't think the Pac twelve has a vision. I don't think they care about football. I don't think they they know what they're doing. I don't think they're reading the room at wow. all very well. They never have. Everyone we talk to is like, because you know you ask the question, what what happened? Well, they just they they weren't willing to expand. When that was really the, the the operative word in these conferences, you need to get big. I, I but, but see, George Klyavkov doesn't seem like a guy that gets uh, outsmarted, outwitted in any way, or outbusinessed. Even I think he was outwitted before he got there. He just no. I mean, he we, jumped we, on board the Titanic, is what he did. Well, that may have been that might be the case. Southampton, right before it started crossing the ocean, <laughs> George Klyavkov Fitzgerald jumped right on last minute, Lake Erie. Um, no, but you know what? Uh, when you brought up the Utah BYU thing, here's what I want to say to to BYU and Utah fans: It's not about the rivalry at this point. It, it, the question isn't about, oh no, I don't want that because I don't want this rivalry. It's toxic. Blah blah blah. If you are Utah, I think that there's a a, a version of this where you have to look and say, what is the best option for us? And the Big Twelve, if the Pac-12 is sinking will be the best option probably for you in terms of like actual geographical what's going to make sense and a and a conference that uh has a lot of schools in it that are you know hefty when it comes to basketball certainly and football uh to a lot to an extent this is the third i mean people look at it just from the just from a tv standpoint it's the third best conference just from a tv revenue standpoint it gets the third most money so you got the Big 10 and the SEC and then it's a far distant third in terms of the money itself, right. but it's still there's there is a, a massive market for it. And then even after that, the Pac-12 and the ACC are certainly far behind in that aspect. So stop thinking about it like a rivalry. Stop thinking about whether or not this is a rivalry. And BYU fans, I'd say the same thing. Like you cannot get caught up in I don't want you to. I want them to suffer over in the wilderness over there. It is best for you too. I'm telling you. If Colorado is a conference mate, if Arizona and Arizona State are conference mates, you've already lived in the world with with Utah, and you know for as as many misgivings as this as this uh, you know they're problematic. This whatever you want to call the rivalry, forget about it as a rivalry. Look at it like a money maker. Look at it like a TV ratings grab. Look at it like the way that you can build your program to be even more successful from a monetary standpoint. From a from a, a just exposure standpoint, 
If you're going to look at the health of your program, don't look at it in comparison to, yeah, but I'd have to be in the same conference as BYU. you got to shut that part out. You have to look yeah. at it like this is a business transaction, and if this is the best business transaction to make, then stop worrying about the, the, the stupid rivalry. If you hate the rivalry, don't go to the freaking game. But you know what you need to do is look at it from a business standpoint and go, this is the best option for us. And BYU – you know that it would be a freaking good move for, for Utah think, and Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State. Just think about how much easier the travel does get. Think about, think about right, the travel's won, but think about the rivalry game. Like, first of all, BYU hasn't really had a rival since they've been independent. And guess what? Utah hasn't had a rival since they've been in the Pac-12. Like Colorado's not a rival, never been. Right. USC's not a rival. Everybody, it's a, it's a, it's the right. biggest joke. Even all the schools they so, like look sideways so, at that. Yeah. So if you're a, if you're in the TV business, all of a sudden the Utah BYU rivalry in the Big Twelve Conference becomes a big game. That's an important game. That game can actually take on a bigger meaning, a much more national meaning meaning than it ever has. I mean, here locally, people go, it's you know, it's a big deal, but it it, it doesn't have that national appeal. And now when you have it in, in a bigger conference and you have it in, you know, Power 5 football, it becomes a much bigger deal. But I want to ask you this question, and I think this could be kind of fun. Yeah. Let's say the Pac-12 does implode. Let's just say one school goes. Let's say one school goes and, and, and all, the, all the dominoes just start falling. Yeah. Where do they fall? Let's, well, let's specifically just say, let's Washington say, and Oregon. Let's say Arizona yeah. goes to the Big 12. Let's just say let's just say they go we just want Arizona. Let's just say they go we want Arizona and Gonzaga because we want the basketball. So now Arizona leaves the Pac-12. Now there's only 9 teams uh in the Pac-12. Where do all those schools So end then up? Arizona State goes, "Hey man, we have to follow our I sister, we had right? We a deal here, man. Or is there an open spot for us?" <laughs> right. I if, think the, I think if you more, bring someone, so if a domino falls, so, so then it does dissolve. Does uh, does it does it dissolve? Does it dissolve? Do the four corner schools go to uh, the Big Twelve, or does a team like Utah end up going to the Big Ten? Does the Big Ten come in and go, "Hey, we'll take," or does or does the Big Ten come in and go, "We want the we want the San Francisco schools, so we want Cal and Stanford. We want that whole Pacific Northwest." We want Oregon and Washington. Oregon and Washington. We don't care about the Oregon State Washington because we know Oregon Washington can be a rivalry. It can be a Michigan Ohio it already State is. It already kind is. of it's, rivalry. It's bigger than right? it's bigger than and the quite other frankly, schools, Cal yeah. Stanford's a huge rivalry. Okay, well, I mean, I mean, historic, historically, it, out, it was it was a big rivalry. I don't think they do. I don't. I don't. What happens to Oregon State? What happens to Washington State? I mean, I, I mean, are those the only two schools? And and do they get do they do, do they, they get, get absorbed into to the, the to the Big Ten or the Mountain West? or do they go to the Mountain West? Mm. What happens to Utah? What happens to Colorado? Do, 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 do you go four corners to the Big Twelve and you go Pacific Northwest and San Francisco to the Big Ten? Would the only thing that would hold up Utah from going to the um, to the Big Twelve if if Arizona if the Arizona schools were like, dude, we're 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 going. And then Colorado's like looking at Utah, going, "If you guys, if you guys uh, go, we're for sure going." Or they say, "We're going to go too." What are you guys going to do? Does Utah say, "No thanks, we're loyal to this dying pack"? Like, does Mark Harlan really look at that and go, uh, "No, this is the best option for us. We're going to stay loyal to this." Mark Harlan is an astute. He is not a dumb human being. This no. guy will make the best. Decision. Gotta believe he's got a backup plan. He. He said it, right? I mean, like he has talked about 
you're dumb. He came on our show and said, you're dumb if you're not looking for plan B, yeah. if you don't have other options. If you're not looking for other options, if you don't have your – like, we are we are very, very committed to each other. What if but you we did, have to be smart, and if there's something, we, we have to be mobile. You have to if, be mobile. What if you did this? Hmm. What if you said Oregon, Washington, Utah, Colorado to the Big Ten, and you said Washington State, Oregon State – Stanford, Cal, and the two Arizona State school, or the Arizona schools, to the Big Twelve. Because then the Big Twelve gets their West Coast. Right. You get four teams get in the, four on teams. the West Coast. Uh-huh. They uh huh. They don't have to invite San Diego State, which has been to. also a name that's been thrown out there yeah. even for the Big Twelve. And and you have you and maybe maybe San Diego State comes into this. I don't know. Um, and so you have that basketball presence. You have Arizona. You have you have you have your conference that you want across the country. And maybe some of the, you know, because maybe Colorado becomes attractive to the Big Ten because of Nebraska. Because there was a traditional rivalry between. And then you have in the in the Big Ten, you, you really have a West. Yeah. You have Oregon, Washington, Utah, Colorado, uh, Nebraska, Wisconsin, maybe Minnesota. Right? That's a nice Western you, part I love of the Big Ten. The thing is, is it's become, you're saying all these schools and you're saying the possibilities. And it really is some it's, – it's every iteration of all these things you're talking about could happen. It's a massive mess, right? And all the – but, but that's not so – that's not such a mess. To me, you know what a mess is? USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. Oh, that's, a, that's a mess to me. But, and the, which makes and quite anything frankly, possible. Quite then, frankly, right? BYU by itself to the Big 12, that's a mess to me. That, right, sure. All of that to me just feels like a start. It doesn't feel like it's the end game. And we keep hearing this over and over and over again – about this, like every day, there's a new story out about the the Pac-12. It's just it's imploding, and and this new development, and this new this new, and we're sitting here discussing this, and I believe we're discussing this because I think I think everyone, um, their spidey senses, their you know, if we're having a real reality check here, Pac-12 is probably dead. It, it's probably dead, and and now it's just a matter of you know where are all the where are all the the remaining assets, where are they going to go? So let me give you let me give you an interesting timeline here too, because Washington and Oregon would be a massive get for any big conference that wants. I mean, th- those are say what you will about whether or not they're they're uh, you know the the football and basketball powers. They're know. the cherries on the on, on top of the absolutely. No question. So if the yeah. Big Ten wanted them, which is you know that's always been the rumor. So let me give you a little insight as to what these sources have said too. Is that Oregon and Washington are targets for the Big Ten, but not for Kevin Warren, who's the commissioner of the Big Ten for the next 10 minutes. Yes. He outgo- he's outgoing April 17th. Uh, and they said, uh, watch April 17th uh, because he was all sorts of, I don't want to engage in any yeah. talks with anybody because then he's about to, he's about to walk out the door as the commissioner He's not going to start negotiation talks with their media partners to yeah. renegotiate their TV deal, right. even if it's even if there are two cherries out west. He's like, I want to go out and not freaking worry about this right now. He doesn't want to be the guy who was in charge Thousand when percent. they killed the Pac-12. Let me tell you that April seventeenth yeah. might be the time where we see something insane happen, because then if Oregon and Washington. If those uh, it, the, these sources have actually said the dam is breaking, that's an actual quote that, that that Dennis Dodd got from somebody inside. The dam is breaking. 
And the dam wouldn't be breaking with Oregon and Washington. The river is already down. Like, the, the town's going to be flooded. Like, that's it. Because then the Four Corner schools have nothing that they're going to be tied to with that pack. With that pack. You have no deal you can make with Washington and Oregon off the table. There's no media no. rights deal that's oh, going to be reached. No. So you think about when this all started to be negotiated. It was clear back in the summer. And they had a uh, there was an exclusive window, I believe, with ESPN where they had an exclusive option or opportunity or maybe it was Fox or one at one of them. I can't remember. But but there was like this 90 day exclusive window and it was this, OK, come on, you know, let's make a deal here. Let's get something done. And I, I have to believe uh, the biggest holdup is maybe these universities were asking for more things or maybe maybe some of these schools were saying we want unequal share of the revenue. If we're going to who knows, who knows what somebody, one of these 10, uh, you know, chancellors or ADs said from the Pac-12, we got to have this. You know, look, we're an original member of the Pac-12 and two of our original member schools have gone now. The conference that we love and whatever is is imploding. We want a bigger share of the pie. We've been here longest. We deserve it. We're the biggest name, whatever, whatever. And maybe that's what slowed it down. Or maybe it was slowed down because there were only 10 schools and there wasn't enough game revenue. Or maybe the idea of someone going, look, we don't want to we don't want to spend a lot of money for games that are played late on a Saturday night when a lot a lot of people aren't watching. But nothing in any of this, because you when you hear George Klyovkov in Pac-12 media days go, we have to be creative. Like we have to think outside the box traditional television partners, it felt like at that point, were out the window. So you're not going to get a big TV deal right. unless you add it to something else. Now now you just open up a whole new discussion. What is it like on a streaming service? And the streaming service goes, well, we don't really, we, we only want these, this, and, the, you know, we only want prime games. We only, we don't want, you know, we don't want, we don't want to buy your junk. You know, we don't, you know. Okay. And me- so, so, so basically they've had all of this time and there've been all these issues. And guess what? They're, the issues aren't going away. There's, there's no. It, it's just like when the Civil War started. Like these, these sides are so far apart. Someone is, you know, someone's going to be South Carolina. Someone's going to jump ship this is, at this I'm point. I'm worried about you. And and they're and and and, and here we go. And it it, it is. It, and I because there's too much smoke. There've been too much is, too many issues and too much time. That uh, and and the Big Twelve they got their deal done. So. Um, you know what? I, I'm I'm going out on a limb, and this is just my instinct, my gut. But the Pac-12 is dead. Wow, the Pac-12 is dead. Uh, you heard it here first. Scott Mitchell's uh, already decided. Uh, we got to take a break. I, I could talk about this all hour long, um, and obviously, anything that happens, you're going to hear it first right here, and uh, and the breakdowns. I mean, it is it's it's wildly fascinating. I'm worried about you. This is the second day in a row you've made a Civil War reference. Uh, <laughs> what was my other one? It was about how the first. Oh the no! First they went out to saw this cute little, you know, fun, a little fun, fun little war. Holy just, cow! Those are let's real have bullets. A, let's have a picnic. Yeah. Oh wow! Those people are actually dead. Like well, they shot and killed them. Like, so no, this is a real thing. I just want to reiterate too, whatever thing, whatever problem the BYU fans and Utah fans might have, if this were the case, if the Big Twelve impl- or if the Pac twelve implodes, and I even think that if it didn't, I think that. It would be an amazing move for Utah to be in this uh, to Utah to be in the same conference as Colorado, the Arizona schools, some Texas schools, and these Midwest teams. Um, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. All right, 
Uh, we'll take the break. We'll come back when we return. Uh, we just have tons of stuff to talk about, but it's a short time, so a uh, short show, and we're getting right to it, and we'll come back after your uh, after your uh, Jazz at 30 update, and we'll bring you some more. Hey, Aaron Rodgers news <laughs> still out there. Ooh. I don't know how much I want to talk about it, but Jazz and Magic tonight in Orlando. We'll talk about that also as well. Stay with us, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Your home for the best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies. This is Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Keery. It's our show, right? Presented by G2G Bars on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is Unrivaled 97.5, VKSL Sports Zone. Game day, jazz, magic coming up in just a little while. You're going to get pregame. Uh, the coach, Tim Lacombe, Jake Scott, uh, going to walk you up to game coverage with uh, David Locke and Ron Boone on the call on the Jazz Radio Network. Locke is really loving his uh, – I heard him talking with Jake and Ben today about about Orlando, and he's loving this road trip. Don't act like he, – you know, he acts like he's gone for two weeks, and it's uh, – but the, he painted a picture for us history. He's in a hammock. He's overlooking a lake, you know. At he was some looking, resort. Yeah, he was looking for yeah. he was looking for uh for, for food. Anytime you're going, any food suggestions, anybody? Like life is good, man. Yeah. Um underwear situation notwithstanding, he's he's having a great time. He's he's gotta kinda pace himself with his <laughs> pace yourself. clothing attire. Uh, so jazz tonight, uh, against the Orlando Magic coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, in the meantime, Scott, uh okay, I told you I don't like talking about Aaron Rodgers because he's just is such an attention whore. And so, I this will be the last time. Yeah, but this is a good way to this talk about This is the last Aaron time. Before, until he finds a team. When he finds a team, then I'll be okay to, to tell that. But, but today. It's, it's, a good, it's a good conversation to have. Okay. And if you think about it for a minute, he's going to go from being the quarterback who was going to get replaced from a guy from Utah State. So, Jordan Love. So, Jordan Love from Utah State was the guy in waiting. Now he's probably going to go to the Jets, and he's going to put BYU's Zach Wilson in waiting as the quarterback in waiting. Th- that and would be a really, really good move for him, right? For Zach w- Wilson? Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> well, it, it's fascinating to me on, on a couple of fronts. First of, off, is that that's the first thing that popped in my head. There's going to be so many aha moments that Zach Wilson is going to run into, and it's going to be how the guy is in meetings, how he is around his teammates, how he is in the huddle, how he sees the game, how he how he prepares. I mean, he Zach Wilson is just Zach Wilson literally needs to take his helmet off 
get out his iPad or whatever device he uses to take notes and literally just take note after note after note. It will be it will it it, it it'll just be um, such an eye opening, just enlightening moment for Zach Wilson to go. Oh, yeah, you know what? Oh, Actually, oh, now, I totally get that. Think about how big of a deal this is because if the Jets do sign Aaron Rodgers, it's a twofer because immediately you become a contender, like because you have a decent quarterback, right? You have a you have a a, a legacy MVP quarterback, and that's not me trying to be like, oh, it's an old guy who's not who's past his prime. I don't think that's the case. Um, it's going to be like it's going to be like Tom Brady going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He'll change a lot of the culture. They've there. already they've already shown as a team that they'll respond to a guy they believe can win for them at quarterback. Right. Uh, but, when you saw White go in a year ago, it was like they're making T-shirts. They're doing all these things. The whole organization. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, as far as winning Super Bowls in the NFL, is not like Tom Brady. But he's a guy that's going to instill belief in that whole organization. The coaches, everyone's going to go, man. We got a sh- we got a shot now, and so everyone's going to play better. This defense is going to play better. These offensive players are going to play better because they're going to play better because they go, yeah. I'm going to get the ball. So what it is right now is the Jets making this investment in Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, number one is it makes him a contender right now. It's also an investment in Zach Wilson. So they're paying all this money to Zach Wilson already. Um, but you bring and they're, they're making all this this space. They apparently they cut um, Braxton Berrios, yeah. their their uh, electric return man, who I I really love on that team. But they they cut him loose for that five million dollars in cap space to possibly make this Aaron Rodgers deal. But that Aaron Rodgers, when they're paying him, they're also investing in Zach Wilson in that same sense because he has to sit back every time Zach Wilson would go in after this will be so much less pressure than he ever had there. So he, they're bringing he suddenly in becomes a real backup where they go, "Hey man, we don't expect you to get a W every time. Like fill in the blank here while while Aaron Rodgers' hammy gets figured out or whatever. He's going to go in in such a different scenario. I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong, but this is it is a different situation that he would suddenly become as as Aaron Rodgers' backup in in uh, in New York and a it could lo- change his entire career. This is yeah. a huge intersection. A lot a lot of teams worry about that. And and what they do that they would be super nervous to bring in a veteran guy. Now they may consider a veteran guy like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, someone who you know is going to come in and play well for you. Uh, you know, you think of a couple of years ago when Fitzpatrick was in in Miami and was the team was like five and one, like they were playing really good, and then all of a sudden for no apparent reason they got rid of him. they put Tua in, right. who was not ready. It was not ready to play, but and what? Fitz, and Fitz because Magic they even said, "Yeah, I don't know what they're right." Don't know what's going well, on here. they don't want the veteran guy to show up the rookie. They don't want the veteran guy to all of a sudden take over the team because they don't see the veteran guy as the long term solution. It's it's the most idiotic thing in the world because wait, you found a guy who's really good and can win games for you, and who knows where he can go? But you know, he we just only see him as that stopgap guy. He's like a middle reliever. And and it's a weird thing in the NFL where guys are just labeled a certain way. You know, they're going to look at Zach Wilson as a starter in the NFL. So Zach Wilson's going to go. He's either going to stay with the Jets and become their longtime starter, or he's going to get these little stints in other other teams over the next few years, like a Josh Rosen or some of these other guys that are first-round guys that, okay, we only see you as a starter, and if you can't be the starter, you're out. Or a, a Sam Darnold or... The same, the same kind of thing, and and guys they draft in the fourth and fifth round, those guys will stay around for 13, 14 years. Like a Chase Daniel, 
they only see Chase Daniel as as a backup, and it's just a it's a weird thing. So that the the fear of bringing in an Aaron Rodgers is this guy could totally wreck any future confidence that the team, the Jets, the players, the coaches have in Zach Wilson. I mean, it's it, it yeah, Zach Wilson's going to learn a lot, but Zach Wilson's going to have to play like Aaron Rodgers from the minute he steps in when Aaron Rodgers is done. I feel okay about this conversation because I told you I didn't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. I feel like this is decidedly a Zach Wilson topic. It has a lot to do with Zach. It's a peripheral. Well, no, it has a lot to do with a lot to do with Zach Wilson and. Um, you know, you you mentioned a consultant. Think of your business bringing in fifty eight million dollar consultant to to remedy your quarterback situation. It's like it's a it's a pretty steep price to pay, but it's also a desperate organization. And and some people may go, "This is the dumbest thing in the world." You're getting the very tail end of Aaron Rodgers, and are you really going to go and, and compete for How a Super Bowl? How many years do you think you really get out of him? Like I mean, honestly, four, you're, maybe you probably I mean, you have could a get, top. You could four, get four good years. You out probably of have a top four performance out of him for maybe two years. Yeah, and then even if he falls off, he'd still be a top he, he 10 win, quarterback when he, he goes right, out. Right, he wins on just savvy and knowledge yeah. and experience. I mean, he's a, he's a for all the misgivings I, I don't know, and all you, the weird character, uh, weird character what? personality situations he has. Like Aaron Rodgers, take would him, be take amazing. Him, take him to the uh, you know his little. Uh, the dark retreats, house. whatever mm-hmm. they are, he's he, got to step it up next he year. He may, he may go for another six good years. Who I'm knew, trying to think about who knows what those things do to you. I'm trying to think about what the weird. Um, I was like looking at some the other day, and it was like these uh, these retreats. Do you remember the game? Do you remember the movie The Game? Uh, Michael Keaton. Um, I want to say not Ed Norton. Um, Sean Penn. It's a fantastic. Is it movie. Michael Keaton or is it uh, sorry Mike? Uh, not Michael uh, Keaton. Uh, Kurt Douglas. Kirk Doug- Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Yeah, Michael Douglas. Sorry. Yeah. Michael Douglas. This, this might be in your blind spot when you're in the NFL. In fact, no, it's I right kind of remember it a little bit. So the whole idea of the movie the is Perfect Murder. I remember. Yeah. Uh, the remake, actually. Right. But this, the game was, this guy was so rich and so amazing and all the things going on in his life, and he had lost sight of so many things that were important. He paid, like his brother paid this. Millions and millions of dollars, this like million dollars to play this game, right? That was like it, it was to the next level, like yeah. whatever the excitement level in his life he needed, it stepped so far past that. The drug he needed for him to get to that next level was this. And I do, I think it's the same way with uh, with Aaron Rodgers. He's like, these retreats need to get more and more weird. Yeah. His next step of leaving the, the, the Green Bay Packers, it's got to be kind of a weird. Psychedelic trip, man, for it to be to to make. Uh, I think for him to feel some excitement in his life, New York might just be that uh, that prescription. You listen, go watch the game. My heavens, it is a good freaking movie. It's got yeah, so many I dang twists. I think I've watched it before. It's a it's an awesome movie. All right, I think this is a foredrawn conclusion. What? Uh, Aaron Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. I think it's a done. Deal. I hope so. Yeah, I really do. I hope I hope it's the case because. I do. I want. I want Zach Wilson to to at least get his best shot. His best shot was not going in when he did. His best shot was not these first two and a half yeah. years of going in. And and he's not going to supplant Aaron Rodgers. No. It's and you know happening. what? And he even knows that. Yeah. So that whole bull crap that he talked about. I'm going to give some. I'm going to. I'm going to give him some what for. I'm going to be right on his butt. It's like not Aaron Rodgers, dude. Like this is like your childhood hero or whatever that you like. Uh, you know, been trying to hang out with, and he's been saying no. Now you get the chance to. All right, uh, let's take the break.
when we come back. Hey, by the way, if your home needs a new look for this year, give the folks at RGS Exteriors uh, a call. Stucco brick, vinyl, James Hardy siding, they can take care of all of it. Soffit fascia. Tim Brown and his team are standing by, and they want to make your house look awesome. So let them do it. 801-280-3110. That's 801-280-3110. RGS Exteriors. We'll come back and we'll have a little bit of a jazz discussion before they face off against the Orlando Magic. Pre-game coming up in just a little while. Stay with us. 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Attention. This is Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Keery. Attention. With the access and insight on the teams you're passionate about. I love it, baby. Presented baby, baby, by G2G Bars. This is 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. All right, welcome back. It is Unrivaled 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Just a couple minutes left before we get you to, uh, before we get you into jazz and magic. Now, I was thinking about this. I started watching that full the full swing stuff on yes, on really Netflix. good. It's fascinating. Yeah, very good. And and they're kind of cashing in on the same thing that uh, that 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 Drive to Survive show did on on Netflix. It's bringing in a young. I mean, golf was already going that direction, but. You know, watching some of these, and you see how how finicky a, a pro golf uh, career could be. And I was looking at Tony Finau, and just the amount of money that he got um, over over last year. So much of it, it was like thirty percent of it was that payout for being popular. Yeah, just because you like me. whatever they yeah. have, and it was and like Tiger got like twelve million dollars extra for it. Yeah. Phil, or not Phil, I guess, because he's not in the PD no. anymore. But the year before don't that, like Phil, anymore. Phil was like $9 million because he yeah. was like the second most popular. Yeah. Uh, Tony Finau got like $7.5 million. Basically, for they're saying social media can drive the narrative in golf. And yeah. as a player, you should be compensated for your contribution to, to so, you know, I'm start. Yeah. I'm going to start telling my kids, hey, listen, I want you to be as popular as you can be. <laughs> it's worth something. We used to tell everybody, hey, listen, don't worry about popularity. Right. Now we're like, if you want to get paid... You be the popular kid. Well, if you want to get paid, you, we got on, on social media. You have to look a certain way. This is not an on-air conversation. Look, this game stuff. with the the Magic and the, the Jazz tonight. Yes, this is a significant game. Hey, put it on national. Do you television, know why it's then. significant? It's not significant at oh, all. Oh, it is. So, tell me why. Uh, Orlando has twenty-seven wins, and the Jazz have thirty-one. So they're going to be battling to see who's worse? battling for the worst. Yes. This oh is, boy, it's going to be. Uh, it, it's going to see. They're all going to be hitting the off game the front for, of the rim. Yeah. Sit all your players. It's like it's going to be a forty-nine to forty-eight game at the end of the deal, but the Jazz aren't that far out of the fourth worst record in the NBA right now. So yeah. they're they're not uh, Detroit. They're not going to catch uh, San Antonio, San Antonio, Houston. They're Houston not going to catch. catch. I don't even think they have enough games to catch. But Orlando, them. they could they could win that race at the bottom. Orlando and. And and Charlotte, who but they, they play. really just need they to play be, Charlotte and they play Orlando the next two games. They need to be bottom six. That's the whole thing. Yeah. It's, it, it's the same as being fourth worst and, or to sixth worst. Yeah. It's the same. So they're they're in. Like, like I said yesterday, I just I can't believe this. They've just done a masterful job of playing this thing perfectly this season. But but these next two games, and it'll be fascinating to watch where they are because I just can't believe at this point the Jazz are going to end up making the playoffs. No, no. And uh, I don't think – and right now with the roster the way it is and kind of how beat up it's been, they wouldn't even be built for it anyway. Like they are not built – for the playoffs, they're built to find out who could work in the future a little bit for these rosters. Isn't it weird when you watch them and someone just starts having a good night? You know, um, 
you just go, wow, where, where'd this guy come from? You know, where, you know, you start, you start cheering for Chris Dunn, uh, you, you know, as, as, as a player and you start, you start cheering for some of, you know, it's like, uh, Simone Fontecchio, you know, is he, is he going to be a guy that, uh, plays and, you know, he's starting, uh, in, in a lot of these games. The guy I, I think is fascinating to me. Well, and then Damian Jones, like, plays like lights out the other night the guy that's that's fascinating to me is jordan clarkston how so is is he the guy is he one of the guys that they they see as as a long-term solution in this in this whole narrative or is he a guy that's going to try to go out and kind of exploit his his success because clearly you've seen that he's a guy that can be very valuable to the Jazz um, moving forward. He's a guy that can create offense, um, uh, you know, in, in isolation. And uh, so, but is he is he a guy that the Jazz number one want, and does he want to be a part of it? Because I I just I just really like him, and I like his game, and I like how he's shown an ability to be so many different things. He's, he's shown an ability to be a guy who can pass the ball. He's shown an ability to be a guy that can close out games. He's shown an ability to be um, a starter. He's shown an ability to be a sixth man. I mean, he just seems like he's it, what it, what it feels to me that Jordan Clarkson is, he's a team player. You know, he's an, he's a guy that understands roles. Men, Remedical is Utah's only physician-owned and operated wellness clinic offering ED treatments that are discreet, non-invasive, and customized for your needs. Remedical, renew, restore, reclaim. Visit remedical.com today. Coming up next, you got Jazz pregame. Tim Lacombe, Jake Scott, stay right here with us. More on the Jazz Radio Network as the uh, Jazz and Orlando Magic are going to be tipping off in about an hour. Stay right here, 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.